What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Brought on our analysts. We haven't had him on in a little while. Uh, Raekwon Niles. Raekwon played some football at uh, Johnson C. Smith. Also spent some time at Newberry. But without further ado, Raekwon, how you been doing, man? No good, man. How are you? Doing good, man. Hey, Raekwon hit me. He was like, yo, Matt, you got to bring me back on. Because y'all, throughout the week, I usually be like hitting Raekwon with some different things just to hear his opinion. And he was like, yo, Matt, you got to make this happen. So obviously, we're happy to have you back, Raekwon. We're about to get into it, but without further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne, pop. It's my house, come on, turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you all right Raycorn, a lot been going on in college football we kind of pivoted more to that on this show to be honest with you after now the heisman ceremonies is over with and until like the playoff gets started We'll probably kind of hit a more NFL, but first things first, I wanted to ask you, what's your opinion on this transfer portal? Are you a fan of it or what do you, th- what are your thoughts about it? Uh, I'm a fan of it to a certain extent. Um, I think it's, I think there should be a limit on how many players get to go in. Okay. Because kind of, a lot of it is monkey see monkey do. Yeah. Like the players from Clemson, you know, Jeff Scott's going to, you know, he's at USF, you know, you can go to Virginia, you know, you can go to Oklahoma. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to take advantage of that to win a championship just because those teams are going to the SEC. So, I mean, I'm a fan of it. 80% and 20% no. And two, I think they should push signing day back if they do have the transfer program. Yeah, because it is right now currently there's the two signing days. Isn't one of them coming up this week or is it like next week or something? Yep, well, this one's there. Goodness gracious. So it's like you're seeing a lot of these coaches having to get into these new places quickly because they got to make sure they lock down as many players as they can for that signing day. Because if not, you know, you got to wait. And by then, another coach could have influenced the player. Right. Yeah. So just to list some of them, one that was a big one this week was, uh, well, yeah, the Steve, uh, Steve Sarkeesian has been able to pull Quinn Ewers, who was a former ESPN number one quarterback in the class of 22 before he reclassified. I remember, guys, he was at Ohio State. Uh, for this semester, this past semester, but Steve Sarkeesian's been able to somehow get in and pull him to come to Texas. I think he was originally committed to Texas. Uh, Rayquan, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I don't know too much about Quinn. I know he's the number one quarterback. I know he reclassified yeah. and still retained the number one player in the country spot yeah. in another classification. So that's pretty damn good. Excuse my language. <laughs> but how does Sarkeesian get this? That's my thing. Like, what does you were seeing Sarkeesian. He hasn't done it at USC. His best record was 9-4, I believe. I'm assuming what happened was he saw his time at Alabama, and he was like, okay, so if he could do that at Alabama, and, you know, they win that with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and all those guys, it's like, okay, maybe he can help me out as well. Did, did Jimbo not want him? <laughs> 
That's a good point. That's a good point. They were saying it was between Texas Tech, Texas A&M, and Texas. I feel like Texas Tech, it would have been the easiest for him to go and start right away. You know, Texas Tech, as long as you score points, I don't really care what's going down. Yeah. And it'd be easier football, too, with those teams moving out in a couple of years, too. That's a good point. Apparently, from what I understand, him and Ryan Day, because I remember specifically, I know my viewers, I mean, listeners, y'all have heard me say this again, but I'm going to keep saying it till y'all get in your heads. Uh, Ryan Day, is, there have been some problems with him and Ryan Day because Ryan Day kind of wanted him to prepare a little bit better. But with him being mm-hmm. like a high school kid, and then also CJ Stroud kind of came in and did, you know, what he did. So you think he'll be able to be successful at Texas? Oh, yeah. They, they throw the ball a lot. Yeah. Of course. Gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. I do know that part about him. Yeah, he was like one of the highest ranked quarterbacks since he's the highest ranked quarterback to come to Texas since Vince Young, one of the highest ranked recruits since like Andrew Luck. And what, what you and got they, may, they may get another one. What you mean? Arch Manning next year. You think Arch Manning potentially goes to Texas? Yeah, of course. Either them or Ole Miss. I've been seeing a lot of Ole Miss. It seems like him and Lane Kiffin would get along well. Lane Kiffin, his chemistry with Mark Cor- Matt Corral, has, I feel like he has people thinking like he's like a player's coach. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, so that is definitely something to watch for there. So we'll see if uh, – I guess and he'll be there on campus this what winter semester. So it be interesting to see him potentially in the spring game. Probably bring some eyes to it. He got that $1.2 million with signing that uh, – what is the name? Image likeness deal. And now he's headed from tech from uh, Ohio to Texas. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, do want to talk as well about Bo Nix to the portal. Isn't that crazy? Bo Nix freshman year beats Oregon uh, in the opener in his first game, beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and then turns around. TJ Finley comes in, Bo Nix. I guess he gets hurt. TJ Finley takes the job and moves forward. What did you think about that? Bo Nix to the portal. It was only fit, fitting for two teams. Where? Iowa and Notre Dame. The only two teams. Why you say Iowa? Iowa is a Iowa doesn't have the offense. Okay. Bo Nix can control the game. That's all Iowa needs. And then you said Notre Dame as well? Because did they lose yeah. their starter after is their starter from last year going to the draft or something? Yeah, Conan, uh, he was a senior. Oh. All right, so Rayquan, give us a quick pick. Where do you think he goes? Mm. Out of the two. I'm going to say Notre Dame. I can see that. I definitely think I can see that. And it's crazy because, see, I think his dad played at Auburn. And so when he went there, it was such a big day. It just goes to show you how you can start off so hot as a freshman. And it just, like, it kind of dwindles down. They lose to South Carolina last year, whatever. They lose this year. And granted, he was the quarterback. Finley was. But do you like Finley at LSU? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. If he can control the ball more, you know, hold on to it when he's running. Yeah. He'd be pretty good. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew he was a big dude, bro. He was like six foot seven, like 250 pounds. If you could compare him to somebody, who would you compare him to? The one and only Cam Newton. That's what you do. You think that Cam was a better passer in college than Finley is currently, or what do you think? Of course. Cam was an overall better player than Finley was. Finley got a, uh, he had to learn the game first before he become a Cam Newton. He has to learn the game a lot before he progressed into the next player that he wants to be action. What, do you think he's a high, really high ceiling, or you think that he's kind of met where he'll be? Uh, what's my guy from Arkansas? The quarterback from Jefferson. Arkansas. Jefferson, KJ Jefferson. I don't think that he'd be as good as Jefferson, but he can be up there. 
Yeah, and he's playing in the SEC West now. So, well, I guess he played in there last, but now it seems like it's his show moving forward, especially with both transfer. When I first saw TJ going to uh, Auburn, I was like, what's he going there for? But it's crazy, you know, how things can kind of turn around. So that's definitely something to watch. Also, it's expected that Auburn's running back, Tank Biggs, Bigsby, is also about to hit the portal. It's a thousand yard back last season. Uh, any thoughts about that? Of course. This is what you got. The dog is going to get him, I believe. Georgia. Georgia? Georgia. Georgia, Zamir uh Cook, I don't know if they're seniors or not, but they haven't done nothing for the running game, you know, since they've been there. Zamir White, he was a five-star in high school, but he hasn't done it since he got to Georgia. He's done what they need him to do, but he's not no Sonny Michelle, Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley. And I think Bigsby take him to the next level. That's crazy. It is crazy because what is that like the South's deepest rival or something like that's the name of the title? It's like you're on this sideline this year, next year you're on that sideline. And I know Auburn fans are kind of going through it because Tank, I didn't really see how great Tank was until I watched like because I don't I don't watch quite as much Auburn. So I watched the South Carolina game and they were just talking about him. It was like this dude's really been you know toting the load for the uh Tigers. So that's a big loss. But we're coming now to I guess Columbia, South Carolina. You hear the news of Spencer Rattler. Visiting this week, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, actually, I think it's a great fit. Okay, honestly, honestly, I believe it's a great fit. I don't know what Sacramento has on receivers. I know they do have a four star guy coming in, uh, Samson, a okay. receiver. But uh, I think he's a great fit. He can he can control the uh, crowd. Columbia is his if he comes. Oh yeah, Columbia. for sure. And then we have to remember Beamer was the coaching at Oklahoma before he came to South Carolina too, so he had already seen him. Was up. Honestly, I believe Connor Shaw would be a good person to mentor him too. Yeah, because just for what Raycorn's kind of talking about here to add some context, Spencer Rattler got a very bad like rep after I think it was the QB1 series and he was kind of dogging his teammate. And it yep. seems like that same thing has kind of felt has kind of like stayed with them at Oklahoma. You had a lot of murmurs about his maybe personality, maybe not the best teammate. And I'm sure you've heard those same things. Right. He reminds me of Steven Garcia and Colin Shaw, actually. <laughs> he reminds me, remind me of both of them. Yeah, so he's definitely – I think he just visited Nebraska. He's visiting South Carolina. A, a lot of people thought he might go out there to UCLA uh, to join – was it Chip Kelly out there? But do you think he ends up uh, overall uh, coming to South Carolina? With those schools, yes. Uh, Nebraska, Scott Frost, no, not a chance. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> you saw Scott Frost just hired – the LSU wide receivers coach from whenever uh, I think whenever I think he was the wide receivers coach whenever uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry was there, but I did see, I'm pretty sure they brought, they brought him in. So Scott Frost is trying to figure it out at Nebraska. And that's his alma mater, you know, so he's definitely wants to put them back on that winning track. Yeah. UCF. That's where he should have went. UCF, USF, not Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. And uh, so Spencer Rattler, that'd be crazy. I tell you what, more people come to that spring game because this guy potentially was supposed to be a first-round pick. He comes over right. to South Carolina. Now, I would ask you, in Ohio State, stop recruiting. I want to say the guy's name is Eli Hicks, the, the big cornerback from LSU. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They stopped recruiting him because he because Ryan Day was like, we don't want it to mess up our chemistry too much, bringing in top players, you know, out the portal. How do you think that affects a, a guy like uh, South Carolina's quarterback? Why am I drawing a blank right now? Uh, black guy. South Carolina black guy quarterback. What's his name? Uh, the carry on Jordan? No, 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 not that. Uh, I'm talking about – what's it again? 
Jason Brown. Jason Brown. I don't know why I can remember that. How do you think that impacts him? He's I think he has one more year of eligibility. If like he's thinking, okay, I finally got Zeb Nolan out the way. Maybe I'm about to sit here and have to battle this thing out with um the gosh, like Luke Dottie. But it's like now they're trying to bring in Spencer Rattler. Like, how do you think that kind of goes over in the locker room? Also, uh Brayton Davis, four star quarterback, ESPN three hundred, all American. He's from South Carolina too, right? No, nah, he's actually from uh, Pennsylvania. Gotcha. Okay, I'm thinking of the guy next year that's coming out because Tory Gurley. But how do you think that impacts kind of the locker room? It's like you're bringing in Spencer, so clearly Spencer ain't really coming here to compete. Spencer's coming here to start and, you know, do whatever he needs to do. Uh, honestly, Jason is a backup quarterback. Okay. If Spencer goes down, Jason next guy up. He can get the job done, as we've seen, but he's not a starting quarterback for 12 games. And so what about Luke? What, what happens with Luke Dottie? I believe he moves to a tight end position, an ace back position. Yeah. Okay. That's something to think about. And also, I don't know if I don't know the guy's name, so y'all gonna have to excuse me. There's a receiver at Chapin that just broke all the school records. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Xavier Short. Yeah. So South Carolina has offered him. I don't think he's committed, but they're saying they're gonna try to move him to like an H back role, correct? I believe he will flip from App State. He's currently committed to App State. Okay. But Got to Wednesday, I believe, to flip. He was supposed to make his decision today, actually. Oh, okay. So we got a live report there. And also one of the receivers and from Quinn Ewers High School is committed to South Carolina. White boy receiver, real shifty. He's committed. Simpson. What is it? Landon Simpson. There you go. So he's committed to South Carolina. So Beamer's bringing in the talent, but this would be a major get if he can go get Spencer Rattler and, and convince him, like, hey, come on, play in the SEC. Uh, right now, and uh, the crowd will love you, the town will love you, the city will love you. And so we'll see what happens with that. Now we're going to keep it going here. Uh, we got a lot of topics. Clemson. Clemson has now lost Brett Venables to Oklahoma. Tony Ellis. When I was, I saw, I saw the little Twitter, uh, Twitter, I saw the update. I said, oh my goodness. Because I, I knew Tony Elliott and Brent was waiting on the right opportunity. What do you think about, because we know, and, I, and if you want to, you can comment on Brent. But what do you think about Tony Elliott to Virginia? Uh, I believe it's a good fit. Uh, Virginia always had one of the best defenses in the ACC. Now it brings a, a coach that's offensive-minded there in the ACC, which is high-power offense anyway. I believe yeah. it's a great fit. Okay. And then, so, and then, I mean, like I said, when I saw it, I was like, wow. And I, I know Dabble was happy for him because, you know, he came from being a running backs coach. And I really remember Tony because I feel like he – Wayne Gallman put in the work, but he was the guy that kind of got Wayne from like here to what Wayne ended up becoming. I didn't, I thought it was gonna be a little bit better as a pro, but you know, things don't always work out. But uh becoming the co-offensive coordinator with Jeff Scott and ultimately get a head coaching job. What do you think about Brent Venables though in Oklahoma? Oh, it should have been happened. That one know it should have been happened. That's why he made Brent Venables one of the highest paid assistants in the country every year. Yeah. Raising his contract and stuff. But uh it's a great fit actually for a team that Brent Venable comes from Clemson where they throw the ball and all that. So he's going to bring an offensive-minded coach like that over. But he also comes from Clemson where he played down defense. Yeah. What does Oklahoma need? Defense. Yeah. I believe that brings them to the powerhouse. For sure. They went out and got Ole Misses. I don't think I They went out and got Ole Miss offensive coordinator, the guy under Lane Kiffin, that he'll be the offensive coordinator, which that is a steal. Now the question just becomes how – and I was – whatever. I've kind of been listening a little bit to some of like the – negotiations to try to figure out whenever Oklahoma and Texas will actually enter the SEC. 
but I definitely think they got the right guy to bring them in. Wouldn't be surprised if they hired Jake Venables, his son, to be like a, not a, maybe a student assistant, or maybe not a student assistant, maybe like a GA or some sort. Uh, now they, I think he's putting football away. Actually, uh, Tyler, Simpson starting safety, the other Venables. Yeah. I believe after the bowl game that he uh uh, I saw that, and then as soon as they when they were posting the videos about uh Brent about with Brent heading to Oklahoma, he was on there. They were all wearing the Oklahoma hat, and so a lot of fans peeped that. And they were like, "Yo, is he going to Oklahoma with his dad? So you think he will?" Yeah, of course. You know, finish what you started. If I was a Brent Venables, you know, playing a bowl game. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, and it's Tyler Venables. He was actually the starting quarterback at Daniel High School, as well as uh, obviously a defensive back. And Daniel High School beat Camden State Championship. Y'all, we're going to bring on, I got my guy Cedric Malone. He's a coach at Camden that's going to come on a little bit later and talk about some things. So y'all definitely have that to look forward to. Uh, we'll keep going here. We're staying in the S. Well, no, actually, we're kind of going to SEC here. Brian Kelly, LSU. Is this a good culture fit? <sighs> culture fit or a football fit? Football, because we already know culture-wise is a little bit different. Yeah, culture, no. <laughs> <laughs> now they'll love them. But uh, football, yes. Yeah. I believe I believe so. He can win guys over. He can recruit. Uh, he At Notre Dame, they play, they play defense. LSU shooters, he has struggled with defense. You know, uh, the, the players on offense are going to come because that's what football is now. It's a passing game. So, you know, they're going to score points. Uh, Brian Kelly can he can coach the hell out some defense, so I believe yes. Yeah, it it was crazy. I think a lot of people gave him a lot of flame because I think after he decided uh, that he was going to LSU, he came in and had like a two minute meeting with his team, and it's like y'all I'm out the way. But once again, he had to go ahead and get out there to Louisiana because he's got to recruit. Did not know that Louisiana has more players that go to the NFL per capita than any other state. So there's a lot of talent in Louisiana. I think they still recruit Texas pretty heavy. If I'm not mistaken, seems like uh, they recruit Texas and Oklahoma a little bit. And Florida. And Florida, definitely. But in Texas, and I'm starting to win Texas. Did you see the – and that's crazy. Jimbo's really done a heck of a job. You saw that the A&M quarterback that just announced he's going to the portal, the one that beat Alabama? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought that Queen Ewers would have a shot at going there. That's a really good point. That is a very good point. I don't know why, but I will say, and me and Thomas talked about this last week, Jimbo is very tough on his quarterbacks. I, I do believe they bring in a five-star quarterback next year, though, if I'm not mistaken. A&M? Yes. I do believe he's in the recruiting class. Yeah, so Jimbo's going to go, because you know y'all recruiting big, you a big Florida State fan now, or are you kind of, of transitioning? Of course. No, I'm not going to transition. Not for my team. Okay, so Derrick Quan remembers DeAndre Francois, and Jimbo used to be on him. He used to be on what DeAndre Francois is doing now? <laughs> Not playing football, obviously. Yeah, because I remember he was he was dominant as a freshman, and he was coming off of those Florida State high years. But uh, we're going to keep moving here. We're going to from the SEC to the Pac-12. Dan Lenning, the Georgia defensive coordinator to Oregon. You like the move? Well, I don't know too much about him. Yeah. But I do know uh, in the past years, Oregon offense struggled. Yeah. And with him being a Georgia guy, I don't believe he brings offense. I believe he's just another hire for Oregon. Uh, I believe Chip Chip Kelly was that guy. Bring yeah. him on back. But I believe they're going to search for another coach in a couple of years. 
Yeah, because because Mario Cristobal left Oregon. I don't think they were expecting that. He left Oregon to head down to Miami. Dan Lenny, I was thinking about this. I'm like, does he, this guy, now if he's going to be a head coach, he's got to get out there and get recruiting for Oregon now. But it's like, will he coach in the college football playoff? I don't know, but I was just about to say something about a recruiting. I well, believe that they lose a lot of recruits because of this. I don't believe he's a recruiter. Yeah, that did. and then the thing is also as well, he's just not like a now you hear okay, Georgia defensive coordinator, Georgia's known for defense, cool, but it's definitely not a splash hire, in my opinion. So everybody's like, Oh, Dan Lenning, like you just don't really hear about him too much. Most people, it seems like, still thinks of Georgia's defense as being uh Kirby Smarts, right? And I think that's what it is, too. And uh, I believe Utah got Oregon number for a while. Uh, Gotcha, gotcha. And so Utah has been very consistent in that Pac-12. Yep. Uh, uh, backup quarterback for the Ravens with the Utah, right? Uh, Tyler Huntley, yep. Yeah, yeah, almost like Lamar Jackson's clone. Now, I did want to highlight this real quickly. I found this in an article before we started the podcast. I thought it was like kind of an interesting fact. Let me see if I can find it right here. So they were talking about that Nick Saban's 2015 staff at Alabama. That was a team with Reggie Ragland, all those guys. Those are the guys that beat, uh, who is Minka Fitzpatrick. That was a team that beat Clemson in the national championship before Clemson came back and beat them the next year. Off of Nick Saban's 2015 staff at Alabama, the offensive coordinator was Lane Kiffin. He is now the head coach at Ole Miss. The defensive coordinator was Kirby Smart. He's the head coach of Georgia. The offensive line coach was Mario Cristobal. He is now the head coach of Miami. The wide receivers coach was Billy Napier. He's the head coach of Florida. The defensive backs coach was Mel Tucker. He's the head coach of Michigan State. And the graduate assistant was Dan Lanning, who is now the head coach at Oregon. That staff contributed with all the five-star players that naturally go to Alabama was ridiculous because that quarterback for that time was Jay Coker. Like, he wasn't no outstanding quarterback. He just one guy just get the job done. Yeah. I mean, the boosters, you know, they bring the staff in. Hey. I don't think it has a lot to do with saving. I believe that he requires them to do their job. Yeah. So that gives them motivation, you know, and he's hard. He's a hard worker and stuff, but Thing is just, it's just them as a coach. Yeah, those are some outstanding coaches. I think we kind of just mentioned every almost every single one of those coaches. But like I said, that's a perfect recipe. You get the great coaches to kind of – because then Saban gets to kind of manage. You get great coaches like all those guys who end up becoming head coaches within five to six years at Power 5 schools, and you, you just kind of let them work. The graduate assistant is down the head coach in Oregon, for Christ's sake. But we're going to keep him moving here. Heisman ceremony. Bryce Young gets the Heisman. This is now the second year back-to-back where Alabama – well, Alabama quarterback has been up for two years back-to-back because you got Mac Jones last year and then uh, who was up for he just didn't win. But the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, last year, this year uh, you, you give it to Bryce Young. Did you expect that or uh, were you kind of surprised with the Heisman Trophy? Oh, I was actually kind of surprised. Okay. Uh, I believe that Kenny Pickett and Aiden Hutchinson had a, a shot to win it over. I didn't know that C.J. Stroud was that far behind, though. That surprised me, too. He was, like, fourth in the voting, right? He was fourth, and the way that he got voted was it was crazy. But uh, I was very surprised. Uh, pretty much eye for eye for Kenny Pickett and Bryce Young. 43 touchdowns to 42 touchdowns. Bryce outdid him by one. But when it comes to Aiden Hutchinson, I, you texted me the other day about Will Anderson Jr. Yeah. I forgot about him. I forgot about him. 
But Aiden Hutchinson against Ohio State, he had his Heisman moment game. Yes. And I don't think no other no other player had a Heisman moment game like he did, except Kenny Pickett when he did that fake slide, which was total bullshit. Excuse <laughs> my language. I'm sorry. No, but that that play should have been called dead. Yeah, and because that really, we've seen how much problems players are having, defense players are having with, okay, he's sliding. And so for him to do that, that opens up like a whole new thing. Because good thing the NCAA went ahead and outlawed that, because it's like now defensive players don't know what to do. Because if I slow down, he just keep going, you know? Right. And I definitely did want to, I also have the stats here for Hutchinson and Will Anderson Jr. Will Anderson Jr. was the outside linebacker from Alabama. He had 91 total tackles, 52 of those being solo. 31 and a half tackles for loss and 15.5 sacks. Meanwhile, Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive lineman, defensive end from Michigan, who had 58 tackles, 15.5 tackles for loss and 14 sacks. So that kind of came out and a lot of people were kind of like, wait a minute. But then Raekwon also brought to my attention that one's an outside linebacker. And when you said that, what, what does that mean to you? More free reign or what, what is your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's easy for him to get more stats than the defensive end. Defensive end has a harder assignment than an outside linebacker. Well, I'm not going to say that. But outside linebacker has – well, no. Outside linebacker has more assignments. They have more work to do. Yeah. As a defensive end, you go get the quarterback. Gotcha. So, yeah. And two – but he plays on Alabama defense, so you know it's pretty. It's a lot of big name guys on that defense on Michigan defense. Who is? And then too, uh, in the big in the Big Ten, they run the ball heavy. So I mean, <laughs> that many sacks is crazy. Yeah. So I would yeah, like I think you were at a really good point with this Heisman moment. I think that's going to be the name of the episode, as a matter of fact. But um, you think about the Johnny Manziel's game against Te- uh, against. Alabama and Brian Denny is like, that's a Heisman moment. And then it, it's just because Michigan had lost uh, so many times Ohio State in the past. And it's like, and we know of this game by Hutchinson. Obviously, the running back, I think his name is Haskins, did really well too. But uh, yeah, so huge, huge. It's huge for Michigan to obviously play in the college football playoff and to have a guy up for the Heisman, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, since we're talking about the playoff, who I need your like takes. I'm assuming you're going Cincinnati loses to Alabama, unless you're about to surprise me here. Man. Cincinnati can hang, so. You think they can hang? They they can hang. They can hang. They have a running game and they have a a throwing game. Uh Desmond Ritter and uh I believe Ford is their running back or Pierce. No, Pierce is their receiver. They they can hang, but over the Alabama gets the job done. Okay. And then Michigan, Georgia. I like Michigan. A lot of people like Michigan. I've heard that a lot. It seems like a lot of people think that they can get it done. What you think their running game will be able to overpower that Georgia front seven or why? Before we get to that, Georgia offense is not going to do anything against Michigan's defense. Okay. Unless George Pickens somehow comes back to who he is. And there's a mirror white of them just have a breakout game. But that offense is not going to do anything against Michigan. Michigan on offense does one thing, one thing on <laughs> run the ball. They run it. They got the quarterback. He actually can throw the ball, but then they bring in a wildcat quarterback who can run the ball. And when Jordan Davis gets tired, man, he gets tired. But one thing I can say about Georgia, they they linebackers run side to side. Yeah. They're pretty fast. So I believe it'll be Michigan, but I believe the score is 10-7, 14-10. Okay. And so I'm going – I think I want Georgia to win it. 
but we're going to see George Pickens. I know he played in the SEC championship game, but clearly he needs a lot more time to get back ready to go. And it's kind of a crazy time to go back. Cause like, okay, you go from, you know, obviously uh, physical therapy and whatnot to, all right, go play in the college ball playoff. That, that could be a big adjustment. But since you mentioned the Georgia linebackers, um, Channing Tindall, what, what are your thoughts on him? Oh, uh, wasn't he second team all SEC? Didn't he get SEC? I want to say, so y'all, just for some like prior knowledge, he went to Spring Valley High School, uh, went to Georgia. I thought that was a big move going to Georgia to play under Kirby Smart because it's like you're either going to sink or swim there because there's just so much talent. But what makes him such a good player? Sock, sock, physicality, um, play football, toughness. He he knows the game. And did Man. you? Go ahead. They have two linebackers who was All-Americans, named All-Americans, and I believe that he could have been a third one. So, and, and then their the linebacker who had the allegations against him, he was pretty damn good, too, the one who's currently out. Yeah. So they would have had three if he was playing. Do you think – did you project that coming out of high school, or has he kind of surprised you a little bit? Uh, He surprised me based off the fact I thought he was an ACC linebacker. Okay. I thought he would have been more of a pass coverage linebacker. I didn't know that he can tackle like that. Yeah. All those things in the stats, and I'm seeing him – in high school, he could tackle like that, but you would think in college, like those guys, he was slim, he was slimmer, he was linky, so you would think ACC, but he's pretty, he's pretty damn good. Yeah, he's definitely like you look at him, it's like good grief. But uh, and I could imagine he's going against obviously that Georgia offensive line all the time in practice, going against those running backs on a day, and then all of those running backs are really good, every last one of them. So therefore, whenever it gets to be game time, he just kind of rolls with it. I want to move here to a couple of high school prospects. I kind of want you to, uh, we'll see if you've like seen about them and just kind of get your opinion on them. Casey Adams, Dre, great collegiate academy. Have you been following him this season? Y'all, once again, me and Thomas talked about this, but I'm going to say these stats again. 3,343 rushing yards, 42 touchdowns, and for academic purposes, 4.5 GPA. Have you been following KZ over there at great collegiate? Yes, I have, but um. I'm on this train. Uh, I believe that it was the right call. I know you didn't ask this question, but I I believe that it was the right call to not give him Mr. Football. Why? Yeah, I saw that, and I thought I thought it was decided. Why didn't they give it to him? Uh, Jalen's first off, Jalen Sneed won, but I believe that he shouldn't won either. I believe it was Trent Peterman, the Sacramento Gatorade Player of the Year from uh, Daniel. Quarterback. Um, yeah, when we talk about our high moment, uh, you was down 19-3 against Dutch Fort. Came back and beat him in the state championship game. Sheesh. That's, you got Gatorade put out of here. Why you didn't get Mr. Football? Sheesh. It's something to think about. But to get back on topic, I've seen the stats, but I'm looking at his run carries, the total, the total amount of carries that he get per game. How many is he getting? He's getting at least 30 carries a game. He's a smaller guy. He's not a big back. So, you know, he has a lot of energy and stuff. And two, I know this has nothing to do with football. I play football, but he's playing two-way football. I'm not too big on what he has done based on the fact of that. And two, Gray has great coaches. You know, they have uh, Helms. Then they have the guy who played offensive line at uh, South Carolina as a coach. Another yeah. school might have a resource, and they have a pretty good offensive line with an offensive lineman going to Georgia State, too. So I'm not pretty big on what he did this year, which is amazing, 3,000 yards. Like, that's crazy. 
but the total amount of carries that he had, he should have had it. Okay, well, question. Why do you think the in-state schools haven't been recruiting him as heavy? Uh, obviously, he's committed to Georgia State out there with Sean Elliott, but I think a lot of people are just expecting you know, maybe a South Carolina to give him an offer, maybe Clemson to give him an offer, one of the uh, top dogs. Uh, small guy. Okay. He's very small, but I believe Coastal, I thought Coastal would have gave him a look, but obviously not. Yeah. So you think Georgia State probably a good place for him to go? Honestly, I do. Georgia State, Georgia Southern, honestly, I do. I think he actually can wreck the game in there, too. Yeah. Given the total amount of carries that he get, I believe so. And I believe he's more going to have to become a receiving back. Okay. So if he can do that, he's going to be pretty good. Can you see any resemblance of, I think you're still, I think Raquan's a Bears fan, any resemblance of a Tyreek Cohen at A&T? Uh, I haven't seen him receive that much. Okay. But running, running the ball-wise, not yet. Based on the fact that Tariq Cohen was a big player hitter, too, in the NBA. Yeah. KZ is a big player hitter, too. But Tariq Cohen didn't have as many carries as KZ. But I do see that. I see a Darren Sproles more, too. Okay. Sproles. We know Sproles had a long career in the league, playing on different teams and excelling. I remember most of it seems like the Saints and the Chargers. And I want to call it now. Uh, I believe KZ would be the – he would be some about uh, freshman of the year. Okay. All right, then. One of my – as a matter of fact, Thomas and Rashawn's brother plays tight end at Georgia State uh, as ready. He was a quarterback at Westwood. So a lot of talent from South, kind of the Midlands area out there at Georgia State in Atlanta. Um, Antonio Williams, Dutch Fork wide receivers, committed to Clemson, two and eight offers, four-star prospect. He's going to join Clemson, and uh, he's going to join Dabo Sweeney. What are your thoughts on Antonio? Beamer dropped the ball. Uh, that surprised me. I'm sorry you didn't ask this, but that commitment to Clemson surprised me. Uh, they offered five days before he committed, I believe, or maybe a week before he committed. But South Carolina being offered soon, Beamer got there. It kind of in his step is a really good wide receivers coach. It seemed to me that he was waiting on the Clemson because I looked at his offers. I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? It's like, so it seems like he waited on that Clemson offer. But you think Beamer potentially could have done more to get that? Uh... Yeah, I believe so. That's in-state talent. Uh, you're doing more to recruit the outside guys like uh, Jay Sean Barham and the uh, other four-star linebacker that they got today. They're doing more to recruit those guys than the in-state guys. You know, in-state, they're getting guys that Clemson's not going after because when you look in-state, you look at Adam Randall, receiver from Murder Beach, four-star. He's going to Clemson. Yeah. You look at uh, Jaleel Skinner, he's going to Alabama. Jaden Lucas, Clemson. So you look at these guys, Beamer, he's getting the low-end guys of the state. Mm, yeah, so Clemson sweeps through, and and the crazy thing is Clemson has all like all this coaching turmoil, and Dabble's still out there recruiting. I keep telling people, I think the guy's name is Cade Clubnick. He's coming to Clemson, five star out of Texas. I think that I don't I don't know what DJ is going to be able to do, but uh, Cade is coming from Westlake High School, and he's coming for that starting job. And I think I just saw that he graduates high school, so he like now, so he should be there to as an early enrollee. I do believe that DJ plays one more year and he goes to the draft. I believe that he can be the first quarterback taken. But, yeah, I also believe, too, speaking on Antonio Williams, I believe that he could be one of the best players in the country as a freshman. So you think he's kind of already built and ready to go? Yes. Wow. Or, like I said, four-star prospect. Uh, what makes him – so you? I'm seeing like you know about him a little bit. What, what makes him so good? 
when you watch him on tape and you watch him on film, he already has the mindset that I'm going to dominate you from the start. He already know where he's going to go. Uh, I look, one play that I highlighted, one play I looked at earlier that I liked was when they brought him in motion. Yeah. The defense moved. It was like he actually got the ball handed to him, and it was a power play. He took it to the house, but he followed his blockers, and he trusted everybody. Two, he's very physical. In the state championship game, I seen him play where he chucked the guy. Okay. So he doesn't run from – he doesn't shot from contact. Also, he has football savvy. He gets his feet in bounce. He gets two feet down in high school. If you look at his tape, he's making sure he gets his feet down, and he possesses the ball very well. Okay. So, hey, big things to expect from Antonio Williams. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens with Darren. Uh, he'll join his teammate, Will – Taylor? Will Taylor yeah, from we'll Dutch Fort, the quarterback. He's playing receiver out there at Clemson. Do you think Will, and I know there's a big bowl for him. I think he tore his ACL. And so he's also a baseball guy. So I don't know if he's going to be ready to go for the spring. But do you think he can potentially, because he was a really good wide receiver prospect. I saw him at the camps and stuff. He's just a good athlete. You think he can kind of get into that Hunter Renfro space or is Hunter Renfro on another tier, you think, than Will? Yes, he will. Uh, easily. He will easily, but two, uh, I believe if he wouldn't towards ACL, he would have been playing a lot of games at quarterback this year. Oh, that's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point because he was a Dutch Fort. Came in, I think he came from Ben Lippin, went to Dutch Fort, won the state championship game, could spin it, and Clemson has the talent. All For some reason, all Clemson receivers are going to the portal, so that's another thing for Antonio. It's like, yo, if you want a shot, you come in, compete, play well, you can get your way on the field uh, kind of early. Right. And last but not least, as far as running back, what do you know about C.J. Stokes? from Hammond. Uh, he's going to Michigan. And before, it was like Michigan, but it's now Michigan happens to be playing the college football playoff. There's a picture of Jim Harbaugh sitting in his living room because he's out recruiting, you know, the last couple uh, days before National Signing Day. But what do you think What do you think about C.J. Stokes? Harbaugh was sitting in his living room with his shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he plays skeezable. Uh, you know me, I don't give respect to skeezable. <laughs> Uh, especially if you're that good, I don't give respect to you playing excusable against those type of kids. Uh, can't nobody tackle. They really can't play football. Uh, I believe my little sister can go out there and play excusable. I'm oh, glad he's. I'm, I'm glad he's going to Michigan. I'm glad he got an offer. But excusable is pretty damn easy. Um, oh, I believe Jarvis, I believe Jarvis Green is the best running back in the state by far from Dutch Fort. Uh, Where's he going? Uh, he has another year. Okay, got you. Does he have any offers already, or is he? I believe only UNC Charlotte, but he's getting a lot of mail from Wake Forest, uh, and I believe Miami. Okay, and he's playing at Dutch Fork, so he get good coaching. And to be a starter at Dutch Fork, you got to be kind of ahead of the curve. Uh, you think CJ Stokes? I think I looked it up beforehand. He is a three star. You think he goes in and makes some noise in Michigan, or you think he's gonna probably be a red shirt kind of guy and might take some time? Uh. Man, it might take it might take some time. Uh, he doesn't have the getaway speed for me. Okay, okay. And and that Big Ten, and we and you know that Michigan guys a stable backs. They got the offensive linemen and stuff, but he might have to get in there and develop. I think he's like five nine, one ninety, so it seems to be decent size. But I think, like you said, yeah, they work at the speed with that um, uh, strength conditioning coach and maybe uh, pick up some speed. One thing I can say. <laughs> when he gets the ball in his hand, he can he can make moves. Uh, and so if they can, can turn him to like a Kareem Hunt for their team. They can have their main hitter, of course, and running back. And then on third down, draw or throw it to him. Bring like, him in. Yep. You don't see too often Michigan coming down to South Carolina, unless I'm missing something. 
I, I just haven't seen Jim Harbaugh, like uh, a lot of them coming to recruit South Carolina area. So that is something to watch. Oh, go ahead. CJ Stokes is an inside runner. Um, but if you look at his offers, he got offers from all running schools pretty much. Uh, Minnesota, Penn State, <laughs> uh, Colorado, Vanderbilt, Missouri, who got uh, Tyree Bird, I believe, who got All-American this year, uh, App State, Duke. So, I mean, you're looking at all running schools, so I believe I, he could fit in. Okay. And Penn State quarterback Clifford, Sean Clifford, is coming back for what's been like the eighth year. So, he's coming back. But to me, is if they can't go beat Ohio State, it really doesn't matter. Next year, I, that would be a great game to go to because Ohio State has to go to Penn State. So, it's going to be the whiteout, C.J. Stroud, Trayvon Henderson, all the guys. So, I might try to go to that. Last thing I'm going to ask you, Raekwon, uh, Mika Parsons, yesterday he really blew up. Uh, everybody was talking about him on social media, thinking he's got to be defensive rookie of the year. Mika Parsons went to Penn State, was first on draft pick to the Dallas Cowboys. What makes Mika so a prominent, special, whatever you want to call him? Oh my gosh, man, uh, he's a dog. Um, I believe he's 6'1 or 6'2, maybe 6'3, but he's very slim. Yeah. Well, you know, he's very slippery. Uh, he got great hand, great feet, uses his hip well. He can bend. He can do anything. Uh, he's just a dog. He played football savvy. You see the comments he made. He said he don't think the NFL is really hard. And uh, that, that's scary for a rookie to say. Yeah. He, he's producing. But, of course, it's going to be that one time in the playoffs. He's going to eat his words. If you, so. can compare, if you could compare him to somebody else that you could see him potentially being, like, in the league, is he one of a kind? Or is there somebody that you could be like, okay, I think he could be like that guy? Michael Parsons. Okay. You've you okay. never seen nobody that can play linebacker and can come off the edge like he, like he can. Gotcha. We saw whenever they let go of Jalen Smith, they obviously had a lot of belief in him as a prospect. Last thing, Raekwon, we have tonight, Monday Night Football, you got the Cardinals versus the Rams. We know the Cardinals got the win in the first matchup. Now the Rams have OBJ. Of course, Robert Woods is out for the year. Uh, Cooper Cut's been doing, has been doing what he's been doing, and Kyler Murray is back. So who gets the win tonight on Monday Night Football? Uh, the Cardinals easy. Um, the Cardinals will be out, be without Jalen Ramsey and uh, Dante Dion, two of their cornerbacks. Dante Dion's not a starter, but he's a reserve. I'm pretty sure he would come in if Jalen Ramsey was playing. But due to COVID, they're out. So I believe that D-Hop has a pretty big game. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore has a big game against that defense. That would have been great. That would have been great to see uh, that Jalen Ramsey, DeAndre Hopkins matchup, because we've seen it so many times. It is definitely the uh, only the best man wins. But Jalen Ramsey's out with COVID, you said? Yeah. All right. Well, sounds good, Raekwon. Appreciate having y'all having you on, y'all. We got to stick around because Sed is coming up next to talk a little bit of high school football and some training. He's about to get started with DBs. So y'all stick around. But Raekwon, appreciate you having you on. We got to bring you back on, hopefully, probably for another year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. All right, for sure. So y'all said was gonna come on today, but something kind of came up. So he's gonna have to reschedule. So look forward to that in the future here. But uh, as far as for this episode, that is all I have for you all today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you share it with a friend. Uh, remember to follow us on the Instagram account at Matt Sports House. It's two S, one at the end of Matt. So Matt Sports House. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace. Four quarter. I
Danny ain't gonna lie, man. I've been on some shit lately. For real. Yo, Nick, pass, make a I walk with a spot. I got what it takes to get to the top. The money I make, these niggas cannot compete. They know that I'm getting a lot. She give me the top.